You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but it's the 21st century. Financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It's for you and me, busy moms and dads living their best life. The big question is this, how do we create time, avoid making painful mistakes, set examples for our children and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best guest experts. It is now the time you start living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shogunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Parent Podcast. Welcome back to the Mighty Boss Parent Podcast. Anna is here, and I'm excited to chat with you today about a transition that is taking place right now in the space of budgeting world. And one of my favorite apps of all times is shutting down at the end of this year. So on December 31st, Mint.com is going away, or rather it's being transitioned to another platform. And some of the features that myself and clients that I worked with over the years come to love are going away. So in this series, I want to explore what it looks like for you to transition out of Mint if you're using that platform, and what are some of the steps you need to take to gather your data, understand what would be available for you if you decide to stay. Mint.com is being transitioned to its sister company called Credit Karma. Credit Karma is known for providing consumers information and reports on their uh, credit history and like credit reports. So they're going to combine together this budgeting slash expense tracking app with with all of that. So understanding what it's going to take for you to go there and then as well as what are some of the other options. And honestly, I'm excited for this conversation because I probably myself have not really explored anything outside of Mint for the last like 12 years. So I've been a user of it for that long. So you get to hear me talk about how I have utilized it and what I'm going to do. So tune in, we're going to have a really fun conversation, take some notes. And hopefully this is kind of like one of those conversations where like, all right, maybe what I currently have or how I currently monitor and keep track of my spending, not necessarily just budgeting, could be done better. All right. Okay, my friends, let's get into it. Well, I know. I think there's good news. <laughs> I think there might not be so good, uh, uh, great news. But I um, want to talk to you today about the whole thing that's happening with Mint. Um, it's it's rather interesting because I think in our industry, um, as technology has allowed us advisors and and you consumers and us as well, right? Because we're not just advisors to have all kinds of tools at our finger, like at the top of our fingerprints. Um, but this transition of Mint uh, platform is rather interesting because they've been around for a while. They're like one of the pioneers in this space. So it's interesting because then now we get to sort of figure out what's next. Because I was thinking about it over the weekend. It's been like over a decade that I personally have really looked at, at, at new budgeting tools and like really, you know, explored what's available. So um, I'm excited to share with you what we're all um, 
uh, planning mm. to do here. So um, here's how I was going to be talking to you today. My name is Anna Sergunina. For those of you who don't know me, I have Jennifer here too. I don't know if you can see her just yet or maybe when she just speaks. And Catherine is joining us here as well in just a few minutes. Uh, we all have different experiences with budgeting apps and so in platforms. That's why I thought it would be great if you heard from um, all of us across the board um, in today's presentation. So um, I wanna talk a little bit about what the transition is gonna look like, or at least from what we can see from Mint to Credit Karma. And um, also like if you're going to use Credit Karma's platform, what are some of the things to know there? How are we gonna capture Mint's data? So if you're like me, I have data going back to 2011. That's a lot of data. And as I started to look at that, uh, like a few questions came up. So I, I want to share, you know, what those are with you. And of course, as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at what are the alternatives um, for you um, going forward. So um, a couple of things that are happening with Mint's transition. Now, we do know that they public publicly announced that the app is shutting down at the end of the year. Uh, whether you like it or not, or whether you're going to do something about it, it's happening. Um, so I, I wanted to personally be more proactive because I feel like if that goes away and I haven't done anything, it's like um, don't have anything to you know rely on for all of that budgeting and spending data. Um, so they are taking all of your information and they're moving it to Credit Karma. Now, Credit Karma is widely known for their features of monitoring your credit report. And I've looked into, I don't have accounts at Credit Karma. Um, maybe Jennifer or Catherine, if you do, you guys can chime in on that in a bit too. Um, well, what they're doing is they're adding some of the Mint features. Not everything is staying into their huge uh, credit monitoring, credit report platform. Um, so if you already have Credit Karma account, I think you once the whole migration happens, you will have all of it in one place. But because Credit Karma is not mint.com or they're not built in the way that that platform was built, they're going to have limited features um, of what's coming uh, over from Mint. So one that's interesting that's going to completely migrate is your net worth history. So if you've been tracking your net worth, like your financial accounts, your uh, like home values, just anything, right? What goes on your financial statements, that that is going to come over. Um, they're also bringing over up to three years of your spending transactions. So when I looked at my data uh, that Mint had, I, I have data going back years and years. And so only three years of that is going to come over. So we need to figure out how we how do we get that data? And if you really want it, what can you do with it? Um, they're, they're, I have not seen the platform because they have not released it. All they did is they announced that Mint is going away. So we're sort of are still in this waiting pattern. Um, and the best thing you can do is kind of watch your inbox and see if they send you a notification, right? Because that's what they did. They sent everybody an email saying, we're shutting it down. It's like two, two months warning. Um, but if you do decide to stay with them and kind of test them out, I just want you to know some of the things that are going to be available. There is going to be a section um, in, under the credit card umbrella that's going to have the budgeting features. There's going to be like the category breakdown. They're going to give you the average of the categories. Like, you know, the categories could be groceries or like 
um, eating out or restaurants or, you know, uh, coffee, for example. And then they'll give you average based on how much data you bring, or if you decide not to bring the last three years or um, all together, then it's not going to be available. And then also month to month comparison of your expenses and income. So it's rather limited because those of you who do use Mint, that gets to be really detailed. Like you can do subcategories and especially if you have lots of data there, um, it, 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 it may not give you enough information. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with that so far, but I have, I kind of want to see it first to make a final decision. Again, there's no specific date when this transition will happen. I'm hoping they're going to like, let us know maybe hopefully next week after the holidays, uh, to figure out so we can start to figure out what options do we have there. And one thing to note is that so be kind of careful as you look through the emails and what they're asking you to do. Um, I dug up this somewhere in their like FAQs um, page, but once you sort of accept this, like I'm going to Credit Karma, you like the whole process starts and your data starts to migrate. You can't really use Mint anymore. It's going to go away at the end of the year anyway, but it's just like in case you were like, oh, I just got to do a few more things here. Um, it's just not going to be available to you. So uh, before I can make any more determination whether this platform is something I personally want to use or even recommend to clients, maybe sort of take the, like the, the safer approach, like take a look at what's there and if it's sufficient enough. If you're really are, if you really used Mint for the last however many years, is just to be something like either on your phone, which I have an app on my phone, or it's like once in a while you log in and it kind of like aggregates all your data and you get an idea of what your spending is. Maybe what Credit Karma offers is going to be sufficient enough. But if you want more robust, more detailed um, breakdown of all the spending, which I think in our experience as advisors, not very many people really do, that might be something that um, is sufficient enough. I have read that Mint transition to Credit Karma is still like the whole offering for the budgeting feature is staying free because one of the things that people are really upset about is that mint used to it, it, they never charged money their their platform was to throw ads in front of you right because that's how they made uh their money on the back end and so there isn't really any free options that we prefer out there so maybe this is kind of like that interim transition um but I'm excited to talk to you about what we're actually looking at here um, uh, you know, for other options. So this is just a, a, a few pictures that I, screenshots that I took of what Credit Karma budget view will be. And again, this is like on your cell phone. So depending what you use, whether it's a desktop or, or mobile device. Uh, but again, if, if you just want to kind of have like a, you know, a big picture snapshot of what's going on, um, you can see these are the categories kind of like I was mentioning. It does give you you know, an idea of what's going on. Um, so, but um, no, no further information about that at this point. So let's talk about whether, uh, what are you going to do with this data? Whether you're going to move to Credit Karma or uh, you're going to go somewhere else. So um, this is, I found it to be useful. This is some screenshots I took from, from my account. I found it, this to be useful if you log in in the browser into your Mint um, uh, app, or, or program. And one of the things that uh, is, is rather extra steps um, 
to go through is if you have a lot of history. And so what I was sharing earlier is one of the things that I'm contemplating is whether, and I can kind of highlight for you, I have almost 19,000 transactions um, that are stored within in this account, right? Going back this many years. So one of the things I started to think about, do I really, yes, I can download the data, but do I really need all of that going back more than a decade? Like, what are you going to do with this data? Uh, because, and and depending where you're going to go, right? It might actually help you. So, so that's one thing to note. So when you log into your Mint account, you're going to click on transactions and you're going to go all the way down. So use this, you know, navigation bar or little arrows, right, to go to the very last page of your transactions. And that's where you can kind of get a sense of how many transactions are there. So Mint allows you to download 10, up to 10,000 transactions at, at a time. So like if you click download, um, you click on, you know, you, you click on this export button and it's going to cut it off once it hits 10,000 tra uh, transactions. You can also filter. So look at the date and you're going to get just like a CSV file. Look at the date where it cuts it off. And if you want to get the rest, like in my case, I had to do two downloads because it was cutting it off um, uh, in, in 2018. I actually have data going back to 2006. So I had to do uh, another download. So you just filter and put a date in. So it's really easy. You're going to get this spreadsheet that you can you know, later on decide what you want to do. If you decided, if you got your data and you're deciding um, you know, whichever direction you're going to go, um, I would probably work on, I'm going to do this kind of like towards the end of December just to make sure that everything is um, is working, but deleting your data. I'm gonna. I'll share this presentation with everyone watching here because I included some links to what, where you can actually go and get further, um, you know, steps and instructions. There's actually a few videos too that I'm not gonna show today on the presentation, but it's gonna be helpful as you kind of working through this. Um, but if you want to delete your data, and that's really one thing that I was kind of wondering, like what happens? You know, you can download your data, but you know that still exists in there. Um, on their servers. So you can request to delete your data. Um, it takes about 15 days for them to process because maybe you changed your mind and maybe you opened up the, the download file and you realized some, like something was missing. So you have kind of like that almost two weeks window to let them know that you changed your mind and, and whatnot. Um, so that's like the first step I think I would like to take. And the second step, it would be like completely, you know, closing your account um, and before you know, before everything is said and done, so it's sort of sort of sort of like two step cautionary process um, for you to get rid of uh, or close the mint account. Um, I'm gonna pause here for a second, Jennifer. I don't know if there was any comments or questions or anything came through. I don't see any Q and A. I don't see any chat. Nope, we're good. Okay, good. Um, so that's that's kind of it on on mint uh, in terms of like what you know how we would close that chapter of you know budgeting. Um, so let's look. I know we're going to touch on it some more. Let's look at uh, some of the other budgeting apps and how you know they compare to mint. So hopefully that will help you make a decision. Where do you go and you know how do you actually um, make that decision? I was so excited when I found this. This was on a Wall Street Journal. Um, I'll, I'll find the actual article, but I was so excited to find some data of how people actually track. Uh, the article was about tracking expenses, um, spending, right, in income. But I really never had like this statistic. Um, 
Because one of the things that we all hear as advisors from our clients is like, we are like, we're so bad with tracking our expenses or like, I looked at my spending plan or like, if we, if you come back to see us once a year, they're like, okay, well, this is the time I do it. And like, it always sort of is that conversation, but anyway, so let me highlight for you what is really happening. This is the reality of what the the whole budgeting world looks like. Um, just about over 60% of people who actually pay attention to their you know, finances and track their expenses use online bank statements to track their data. I mean, we all download their statements, right? We'll get them in the email. So I kind of question that, right? Um, some of us get statements in the mail. So that's about like 28 or so percent. Um, then about 25% use spreadsheets, right? So you could say like, if you're a Main Street client, we also use our spending plan to hopefully help you track expenses. I'm getting I'm getting to a point here. <laughs> a bank budgeting tool. You probably have seen that over like the last few years, banks started <clears throat> to offer, you know, ways for you to keep track of your expenses and, and all of that. I have not explored it, but I've seen in, you know, various banks, I have a few that, you know, you can kind of do that. Now, this is where we're lending here, these third-party budgeting apps. So Mint falls under that category. We're going to talk about you need a budget. We're going to talk about Tiller. So as you can see, it's like a very small percentage of people, not under like like under 10%, actually use um, those apps. So anyway, because I was I was stressing out for a bit once, <laughs> once I heard that Mint was going away. I'm like, oh, my God, the world is ending. But the reality is rather different. So um, wherever you fall into on this spectrum is okay, uh, as long as you really know what you're spending money on. I think <laughs> I want to end on that positive note. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney accountant, financial advisor, or tax professional for more specific advice. Hey there, Money Boss parent, giving you a virtual high five because you just wrapped up another awesome episode of the Money Boss Parent Podcast. If you're craving more insights, hop over to moneybossparentpodcast.com. You'll find there detailed show notes from today's episode and even some sweet deals from our guests and partners. And if you're eager to connect with other super cool moms and dads who are just like you, who are navigating the world of money and parenting, come join our exclusive Facebook community for Money Boss Parents. The link is waiting for you at moneybossparentpodcast.com.